0: Shulchan Arach HaRav, we are in We begin, Allah Chazayin, section 124. We begin the 7th Halacha, and we are continuing to discuss the laws applying to Chazor Sashatz, the repetition of the Amida of Shema by the Shlech Tzibur. Allah Chazayin 7, some authorities maintain, that the entire congregation should stand while the Shlech Tzibur repeats essay, but this is not the common custom. And they argue, that this opinion, that since they are listening attentively to the Shmanesity to recited by the Sheikh and since one who listens to a blessing is considered as if he recited it himself, it is as if they are now reciting Shmanasi themselves. In the parentheses, L'achen Nikru ki'os. And In support, they explain that this is why the sounding of the shofar in the midst of the repetition of Shemnasai of Musaf by the Sheik Tzibar and Rosh Hashanah uh, is referred to as Takiyas Ma'umad. The shofar blast sounded well, s- sounded while standing. And this is a contrast to the sounding of the shofar before Musaf, which was known as Takiyas Meyusha, the, so- the shofar blast sounded while seated. So the reason why they call it the Tikkis Ma'umud is because the entire congregation is standing during the repetition of Shemone Esrei by the Shliach Tzibur. In response to any blessing that a person hears in any context, it is the custom to say Baruch Hu meaning "Blessed be He and blessed be His name." And This practice has its roots. In the verse from Devarim 32.3, For I proclaim the name of God, ascribe greatness to our Lord. In other words, when Hashem's name is proclaimed in the blessing, the listeners should ascribe greatness to Him by responding, Baruch blessed is He, Baruch Shem, blessed is His, blessed be His name. Moreover, Moreover, even when one mentions a righteous mortal, one ought to bless him as indicated by the verse in Proverbs 10.7, the remembrance of a righteous man is for a blessing. As interpreted non-literally by Gemara in Yuma 38b, the phrase can be understood to mean the mention of a righteous man should evoke blessing. And if this is true with regard to a mortal, it is certainly true with regard to his maker. nevertheless, <laughs> Since this is only a custom, and not an ordinance of the sages, one should not make an interruption to make the above response at any point at which it is forbidden to interrupt one's prayers for mundane matters. That's called ha in the more common plural form. Divar matters that are permissible, as opposed to mitzvahs matters that are obligatory. This applies even in places in which one may make an interruption in order to respond amen, such as in the course of Psukei to Zimra. So even there one should not respond of even though they they should respond "Amen." This concludes Allah Allah Tes Nine Amen Nine, 9 says, Every individual, whether or not he has fulfilled his obligation to recite Shema yesterday, must respond, Amen, after every single blessing. And the intent is, um, I'm sorry, the intent, the Kavana, that he should have in mind, literally in his heart, is that the blessing that was recited is true, and I believe in it. For the word Amen signifies an affirmation, of belief. If you look at the word "Amen," uh, it has the same root letters as the word "Emuna," meaning faith. Now, when reciting "Amen" after requests and supplications, for example, as such as the "Amen" reciting "Kaddish" and the like, one's intent should be oriented in the future that the speaker's statements and requests be affirmed and speedily fulfilled. The concluding phrases of the intermediate blessings of Shemon and the, the blessings would say, and Simsholim express praise, vayda, and grateful acknowledgement of Hashem's name, and also a wish and a hope that the statement will be fulfilled speedily. Accordingly, it is desirable when we're signing on to have both of the above mentioned intents in mind. Number one, the intent that the statement is true, and number two, the wish that the speaker's statements be affirmed and speedily fulfilled. This concludes Allah and today's sheer.